0: Welcome to In The News, Conversations Around Security, a new and dynamic podcast where we dissect today's headlines through the critical lens of security risk management and where awareness meets analysis. Join us on the 1st and 15th of each month as we bring you a fresh episode packed with informative debates, expert analysis, and thought-provoking insights offering a nuanced perspective on the stories that shape our world. So buckle up and join us for a look at what's In The News, Conversations Around Security. Welcome to In The News, conversations around security. I'm your host, Luciano Cedroni. With me is Brian Klayman. We are on to episode two, where we're going to continue the conversation that we started in episode one. Really, the posture of security has traditionally been observe and report. We've all seen those types (laughs) of uh, programs, guards standing at a door in front of a, a safe and basically just watching things happen. Um, the world around us is evolving, and maybe it's time for the security industry to really start reconsidering how it approaches security and maybe perhaps uh, evolve into more of a engagement style program. Two of a it's episode two of a three part series uh, and we'll be joined by former inspector, right? Superintendent. <laughs> former <laughs> superintendent, Chris Fernandez of Toronto Police of the Toronto Police Service, will be joining us in episode three. Um, he's also the former Deputy Chief of Durham Regional Police. Um, and we look forward to having Chris on the show again. He was with us back with uh, when we were doing Protecting Your Assets uh, to talk about the police perspective on uh, some of the challenges we're going to talk about in terms of security and uh, what they can and can't do out there in the real world. So we're going to, um, in the first episode, we talked about rethinking the program. Um, it's certainly getting dangerous out there we've had a couple of incidents since that episode was recorded, so it's only been two weeks that both uh, Brian and I are going to share with you, which I think will probably open some eyes in terms of the types of risks that our guards are seeing out there, Um, and then we're going to get into basically what uh, we're going to continue the conversation. Uh, Brian, do you want to say anything before I get into my story?
1: Yeah, just a couple of things. First of all, uh, uh, we are recording uh, remotely, uh, and uh, are you on your boat? Because it looks like the seas are very rough. Because you're just all over the screen. So it's my chair. It moves around. I, I just hope it's not dangerous for you. You know, I don't want you to go down the middle of the uh, the our podcast. Uh, you know, we talked, or you introduced uh, the fact that it's getting dangerous out there. There's really an evolution occurring, so, I think. Uh, a lot in, of people uh, are looking at changes in the demographic of the city of Toronto or big cities in Canada. They're looking at the way policing services are being delivered. Their expectations of uh, uh, service delivery models are being revisited. I, In preparation for today's podcast, I took a look at... Uh, the Auditor General's Office for the City of Toronto did a report called Re- Review Toronto Police Service Opportunity to Support More Effective Responses to Calls for Service A Journey of Change. The problem, I believe, and the thing that I'm so animated on is that the security models have not changed in 10,000 years. We're doing the same old, same old, although the situation has changed security has become more dangerous. It used to be a relatively safe endeavor. And you're going to give an example shortly of guards, even if they're minding their own business, how they're in harm's way. Uh, but I, you know, my, my hope is that we start the conversation because we've got to rethink the way security services are delivered, guarding services. And whether that's changing to an intervention model or just being cognizant of the environment and it's changing, uh, how it's changing, and what it means to deliver your security services. We've got to start that conversation. By the way, you said that um, uh, in one of our preambles. I used to be known as Brian the Angry Man Clayman. As a result of a lot of uh, support from friends and colleagues, I did have therapy over the summer, True. and I'm a lot calmer now.
0: True, we organized an intervention, had you over it, a couple of times.
1: It, it worked, thank you.
0: <laughs> All right, so listen, let's get into the stories, and then we'll talk about that report. Um, but I had an interesting uh, incident just uh, a few days ago at one of the sites. I'm not going to mention the site for, for privacy reasons, but I will tell you this. It's a good example of the reality that whether or not you agree with intervention uh, of the guards, I don't think you have a choice anymore. When you're putting the guards out on the street to do a job, and usually they're called to something because they need to take care of business, not because they're there to say hello. Um, By definition, it's gonna be uh, an engagement, right? There's gonna be conflict. And when there's conflict, there's always the risk of violence. So in this example, these guards um, were just doing a patrol. Uh, So they were out there doing their typical walk around of, of the particular site. Um, when they noticed a homeless individual basically diving uh, dumpster diving, um, and asked him to leave, the person in question became extremely agitated, produced a knife, and when I mean a knife, it's not a a little four inch knife. It was basically a machete. If I if I showed you the photo, you would certainly um, be a little concerned if someone produced that um, with you, um, and then started waving it around in a threatening manner to uh, to these two guards. Now to their credit, they we able to de-escalate the situation. Eventually, having that uh, bringing that 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 person under control, put him under arrest, and they called police. Um, so that pretty much, first of all, that that sort of highlights the fact that these guys weren't looking for trouble, and they just happened to upon this guy, and he sort of escalated from zero to sixty overnight. Obviously, had some mental issues, um, but it wasn't a choice that the guards can say, "Hey, we're just going to observe and report this incident." The guy came at them, so they had no sort of option other than to engage. And, and, and I'm gonna finish it off with this, because this is where I really sort of got ticked off. Uh, those guards went out of their way to bring this person under control, called for police, uh, not to their credit, police were actually pretty quick for a change. Um, and probably the fact that they said that, uh, you know, knife was involved, that helped escalate the response. But when they arrived, the the response was less than stellar, let's say. They were basically trying to downgrade the uh, the threat. But for police to show up and basically uh, second-guess guard response in those circumstances, to me, is a real slap in the face to those guys who are really out there trying to do something, trying to do some good work, and then get treated in that type of way. So that's my short story. I know you've got one as well, Brian. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you to either comment uh, or, or share any thoughts or go right into your, into your story.
1: Yeah, it's... Um... You know, that, that's a perfect example of what I mean when I say it's getting dangerous out there. In the past, you know, years ago, and well, not many years ago, guards really didn't face that type of uh, uh, danger and threats to their safety and well-being. And, and we, you know, just by looking at the news recently, I don't, it doesn't surprise anyone. I think there's been two or three in the last year. security guards have been murdered in Canada. Two of them, I believe, in the greater Toronto area. And there's been a whole bunch of assaults. It's interesting uh, anecdotally because I don't know of anyone that's done any research, but if you talk to a security guard at almost any location, uh, be it a really busy property or let's say it uh, in the inner city or up in the suburbs type thing, they will give you examples of stories in which they've encountered dangerous people and where they felt threatened and in fear for their safety. So it truly is getting dangerous out there, in my opinion. I have a client who operates a large complex office and retail complex in the city, and they have a, a guard program where the guards are not really highly trained, sort of the observer report model. They operate uh, because of some of the tenants. There's a, there's a 24 hour gym in there and there's a, uh, uh, a TTC station. There's also a Tim Horton. So they operate through the night, And often they'll find at 10 10 o'clock at night or two o'clock in the morning, uh, people are trespassing, uh, engaging in primitive activity, sitting at the food court, smoking up. And when security goes to intervene, or not even intervene, when security goes to tell them, guys, the mall's closed, you have to leave, they get threatened. And I was just amazed when the client security manager showed me the amount of weapons that have been pulled on their guards. Mm. What the guards do understandably and rightly so because they're not trained to you know or they're 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 not even in the mindset to be dealing with that kind of potential violence so the guy tells them to f off and what does the guard do he does the smart thing he f's off but the problem is there and the fact that at that particular building that everyone knows that the guards aren't intervening or aren't capable of or willing to the problem persists uh, so so the reality is that things are getting a little bit more uh, challenging out there. This is happening all across uh, the spectrum, not just in this country. I posted something recently on LinkedIn. that got 17,000 hits talking about this topic. And I got comments from all over from people in the UK, people in Italy and France and the US. And basically the theme is essentially... Uh, Same problem here, different continent. So there's a change happening. My concern is that I don't think the industry, at least the gardening industry, is evolving quick enough to address that change.
0: Uh, And as we'll get into, it's it's a very complicated uh, situation. We're not going to pretend that it's not. Uh, I am. (laughs) There's a lot of stakeholders that need to step up. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll say that first
1: episode okay yes
0: for sure but the reality is my my biggest issue like i said even if you go to an intervention model you have to be cognizant of the other challenges that are that that come into play and one of the biggest ones is the support isn't there from the there's all sorts of challenges there yeah. were
1: challenges when we moved from horses to cars and then yeah. they had to craft traffic safety laws and drivers training so challenges is part of the game in any evolutionary process, there's all sorts of change and challenges. And challenges—I'm glad you use the word challenges because they're not obstacles; they're challenges to be met. So, no one is saying that we move from here to here overnight. But we've got to start the journey, and I think we start the journey with the recognition that things are changing out there, and guarding is a dangerous business. I and the mindset that ten years ago, or fifteen years ago, or even five years ago. You just need to make some money. You know, you're a student and you want to be a security guard. That's okay. But there's an element of danger that can't be underscored. So the challenges we'll have to deal with, irrespective. The fact is this freight freight train is coming down the track. And if we don't do something, if we don't embrace the challenges and change, it's going to run us over. And I'm afraid... I'm starting to see evidence or examples of us being run over.
0: I was going well, of the you know, direction, and uh, you turned the train on me. But look, I'm going to go back to it. I don't care because to if me, you want me to
1: be angry, I could be angry again. Oh, no, because Brian the angry man train.
0: I think difference we have here is yes. you know you're expecting them to to engage, and that's fine. I, we agree on that. I I, I don't. No, I'm not that. no, I'm not. Don't put words in my mouth. Do you work for <laughs> Donald Trump?
1: Do you have alternate facts? I've never said that. All I said is there's an evolution going on. Everyone is evolving except the security industry. And we've got to start that process. And I don't know where it ends up, you, you know. But all I know is that if the present isn't working, the present way of doing things isn't working, d- exactly. doing the same thing over and over uh, and expecting a different result is a definition of insanity. we got to no, do yeah, something. That, and whether just, that's intervention or giving guards guns, and I'm not saying anything. Yeah, but you're sort of we, talking about both we've sides. we got to start
0: you say you want to evolve, but then when you say evolution to me means they need to be, they go from observe and report to a more of an engagement style program. But you're saying no, you don't want that. Then what is it?
1: The problem you have is you have an undergraduate degree in political science, probably from a <laughs> substandard university, York University. If you study Darwin, Darwin, evolution is a process and we don't know where it's going to go. And evolution is about adaptation. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. All I'm saying is our current state isn't working. Hopefully things will come back to the way they were, but that usually doesn't happen. You, you know, I, I don't see, you know, things are different today than they were five years ago and 10 years ago. And don't know where this train is going, but it's left the station. So I'm not talking to two sides out of my mouth. I'm just saying that we've got to accept the fact that the status quo isn't working and my fear is that we haven't we we we're accepting the status quo and
0: you know people are starting no, to get hurt i and don't understand in. how you like so what is the point you, you say okay so we're, we're we're not there yet so where do you start you
1: want- uh you start with the you start with the current state and the current state and i'm not talking about how we we solve the uh war in gaza with israel and hamas i'm not saying that how we're going to fix inflation or global warming I'm picking a very precise subset of security, and within security, the subset is guarding. And we're starting from the fact that the guarding models aren't working. The example you just gave about the guards that were just doing their job, whether they were intervention guards or observing report guards, and they saw a guy that was trespassing. I wasn't there, but I'm assuming they said, sir, you're going to have to move on. And sir came out with a knife. That wouldn't have happened five years ago or 10 years ago but it's it, it wasn't the norm five years ago or 10 years ago it certainly wasn't when i was in university working for pinkerton's as a security guard at the pepsi cola bottling plant four thousand years ago but it is the norm today guards weren't hurt five ten years ago they weren't murdered five ten years mm-hmm. ago they are today so we start with the fact that we've got guards doing the same thing today as they did five years ago that's my argument that's the starting point and realizing if if nothing happens, but we accept the fact that the status quo isn't working, right there, that's movement in the right direction. But ignoring it or saying the problem is overwhelming and doing nothing means that we're accepting the status quo. Yeah. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying that that's, that's not wrong, but what's the next step? Okay, so we acknowledge it. Great. I acknowledge you know that I'm not going to be a freaking billionaire. But, you know, okay, what now is look- my point. And that's sort of where I was going with well, even well, I if think, the guards are... Well, as- but you say you acknowledge it. Yeah, you acknowledge
1: it. I acknowledge it, but the industry doesn't. Half the security managers in the city that I talk to uh, say, hey, observe and Report is what security is about. We're not policemen. Half of the security guard companies that are providing services, and then I get called in as a consultant to evaluate the security program, the program sucks because the guards that are being deployed aren't capable of dealing with the threats that are faced. They're not even aware of it. And the industry is not telling the client loudly enough to say, listen, if your objective is to deal with the uh, prohibited activity and the disorder that's occurring at your property, this is what you need. And if you don't do that, you won't succeed. That's not happening. I I, I challenge you when you say we accept that we don't, we're in denial. So progress is made if at the end of this podcast, Everyone in Toronto, everyone in Canada agrees there's a problem, and commits that they're going to start thinking about what the fix is. But we don't do that. We're completely in denial.
0: I don't think we're in denial. I really don't. I think there's there's recognition that, that it's dangerous out there, but you can't – the model sucks in terms of how they price it, how so who's they train. To who's, who's, so, who's, so who's going to drive that change? That's the question. That's exactly what I was getting at. It's not going to be the guarding company. I'll tell you who's
1: going to drive it. I'll tell you who's going to drive it. If the guarding companies don't proactively drive the change, okay, the customers are going to demand it. The government is that's going so to dem- demand it they don't have
0: a clue what the guards are dealing with
1: i know but they will have a clue luke they'll they have no idea what the guards are doing but they do know that the vandalism that's occurring or the people sleeping in their stairwells are shooting up in their stairwells the guard company is not being successful at eradicating that and the problem is not the guard company but when you create the awareness of the stakeholders And the guard companies are just one of many stakeholders. They would like to do the right thing. But when the clients start to realize that the same old isn't working and the million dollars they're spending on security isn't yielding the result, then we'll start to make that change. Tell me, you say everyone knows about it. Is there an episode in Canadian Security Magazine where they've written about it? Has someone in, uh, is there another podcast talking about it? I know that I, in researching this today, there's a ton of articles about uh, crummy police services and slow response times but you see everyone knows i'm not aware that everyone knows
0: well, i think people know they just don't, there's no organized there's no organization around that's the problem that's what's missing no to your point well, we right. talked about this before no one's tracking the amount of guards that get injured no one's tracking the amount of guards that get that get killed that's not because they don't know they know it's happening just no one gives a shit to to sort of gather that doubt yeah, and say this no is it, happening. It's not that no one gives a shit,
1: but someone's got to step up. And who is in the best position to step up? Well, a couple of people I could think of. There's the industry, okay, itself. There's perhaps ASIS, which is the security association. There's other security associations in Canada. It's sort of like the you know the bystander apathy theory. People see the person being assaulted. But no one does anything or calls the police because they think someone else is going to do it. Someone has to stop up. And the whole point of the discussion is to create the awareness so it's a topic, so that someone will step
0: up. Someone a lot smarter than me. You have a lot you know? of confidence in the industry. I like It starts to remind me of the construction industry when I worked in it. It was health and safety was a friggin' joke and a farce and everyone knew that it was dangerous but no one gave a shit to do anything until somebody died enough people died that the government mandated it that's the difference and that's thank what going to take it thank you that's security. not the difference. it ain't going to be the guards it ain't going to be the contractors it's going to oh, be the government no, that no, is one say, no one's going to say it's the
1: guard it's going to be the government it's going to be the customer if you had a business and you hired security and pay $50,000 a year because you have people that are coming in and they're loitering, scaring away your customers. And you got guards and they're doing nothing, okay? They're unable to deal with the problem. You continue to year, are you continuing to pay 50000 bucks a year? Are you going to talk to your provider and say, this is my need, do something. That has to happen. And it's either government or customers or guard companies going to say, they have an obligation under health and safety yeah, of course. to make sure their employees are not in harm's way. But no one is doing anything. No one. This isn't, I'm not faulting anyone. I'm just saying that we all collectively have to A, acknowledge the problem and to look for leaders. My, my, my role, as I see it is, I'm just a security practitioner that has a platform. we got three listeners, and I just want to get the word out, okay? We need other people on their platforms to get the word out. We've got to organically start to change and evolve, rather than wait for government to do it for us.
0: That's the problem. Like You just said it yourself. The industry won't do it itself. The clients won't do it because they're not going to pay for it.
1: They are going to pay for it. They are going to pay for it. They don't have to. Exactly. But if if you look at a big shopping mall, if you look at, let's let's pick on uh, the CN Tower, which is an entertainment venue, a tourist venue, if they got pickpockets all over the place, if it's starting to affect uh, uh, their business and people don't want to go there, they're going to pay for it. If people in parking lots in the financial district of those big towers are getting assaulted and murdered, okay, because security isn't uh, able to deal with this. They will drive it. Of course, it's going to happen. We got to start the journey. Listen, the whole objective of this three part series is to start the conversation, not to fix the problem. Did we know a year ago or two years ago that three guards are going to die within three months? Do we know that of all the assaults that occurred? No. Do we know that Toronto police response times were going to be down to zero practically? Priority one responses in the city of Toronto are the most urgent situations that require. Uh, upgrade from uh, another priority, and that would be shootings, stabbings. I'm going to post somewhere. I'm going to post on the screen uh, uh, the Toronto Police priority ratings. The average Toronto response time was six minutes for a priority one call, according to the auditor, uh, the uh, city auditor. It's now eighteen minutes. Okay, so things are changing. All I'm saying is that we have to look at what can we do to protect the things that we need to protect. Maybe all that comes of this is that the companies and that the clients go to the government, go to the police, say we need more police officers, you know, uh, go to the Vias and say this is not acceptable. But the situation is evolving in a uh, detrimental manner, and we have to evolve with it. And you start by talking. I don't know why you're so defensive. Why you're so angry? I'm gonna call I'm you angry. Luciano. I'm just
0: you know, you talk to the guard companies, some of them have gone to government. You know, the, the answers are things working great, okay? And government is the worst offender. We can talk about this particular company that went broke, okay? Neptune, We are, that's not classified. They were charged. They're out of business, okay? And why were they out of business? Because they were undercutting the market. They were circumventing the rules that were out there and driving prices down in the industry, guess who's one of the biggest freaking clients that they had government the same government that you're asking to lead this charge or to at least change asking. it that's that's I'm what talking i'm talking out. about there's no leadership there
1: Tell me out you, you don't listen to what i say mr c <laughs> i'm not asking government i'm saying that the people that have the opportunity that are most impacted the stakeholders which are the guards the guard companies and the clients They drive the change. They've got to, the guard companies have to uh, uh, start saying that, you know what, I'm I'm not going to do it. Or at least I'm going to manage your expectations. If you're not going to pay me what I need to compensate these guards properly, we're going to do our best. But understand, chances are we won't be successful. No one's asking the government. Uh, All I'm saying is we have to start the conversation. Or if the system is broken, as you believe, and it probably is in many respects, okay, or just accept it and do nothing. And then we can end the podcast now. We're within our 20 minutes and life is good.
0: <laughs> just, like I said, I don't uh, dispute the fact that the guards need to get more involved. The system needs to change. Absolutely. I just disagree with some of what you're, you know, you're suggesting. The you contractors walked up on us. It. The clients might do it. I don't believe that because they've had their chance and nothing's changed. So government needs to lead that change. The government is a problem, too. It's not like Montreal or, sorry, Quebec, where they drive the the, the rates and all that kind of stuff. So it forces clients and contractors to up their game. They're they're not doing that in Ontario. And it's not going to happen the way, at least from what I hear from my sources, it's landing on deaf ears. You're not going to get clients willingly paying more until they have to. And that doesn't seem to to be on on the radar. Exactly.
1: Because they don't have to yet because they don't care that the guards are getting killed at the casino right exactly or at these other men. They, they, don't they don't care they don't care they don't care because there's no consequence but when they start getting charged under health and safety act for dangerous practices okay when they start do it, losing customers then they'll care and one more thing when did you become a card-carrying member of the ndp <laughs> looking for government <laughs> Me, NDP, to fix everything
0: shame on you, you a better. curse on you
1: we don't need government. I never knew you were a, a, a lefty NDP guy. The
0: only thing I agree with government is to set the stage for fairness and transparency and then get the out of my business. That's you are, it. You are a false. You are a fake. You come across
1: as a redneck. And you a are curse on guy. you for saying that. looking for government to solve your
0: problem. You know the malocchio? I'm a free market got. guy. Let the market figure it out. What's that? All right. Listen. We're over time, but man, you got me. Um, <laughs> I, will say, I, I think just in closing, I will say in closing, if we're going to go down that road, I think changes have to be made. Guards need to be supported. To your point, like when we had our, my, my little story there is, is one of thousands like it. Guards are not respected. And I think that needs to change. Th- there needs to be some repercussions. Whether, and I'm not saying they need to get, you know, somebody get thrown the book at him, but there was a time. And even this has changed. There was a time, When a police officer getting assaulted meant something to the courts. That meant that that person assaulting the police had complete disrespect for the authority that they carry. Even that's gone out the window. An assault on a police officer is just like any other assault, which is wrong. Okay, that needs to come back. And with it, some special recommendation, acknowledgement, whatever, that guards play a similar role so that they get respect when they're on the street. That's all I'm saying. That's not happening. I don't see it happening. That's it for me.
1: So what you're saying is we won't do anything until the courts figure out the mass and bail reform. I'm not willing to wait. I just think that we're you know, we given the hand we're given. We got to work within the hand we're given. And there's things that we can do, whether like, for example, Luke, you, you mm-hmm. manage some uh, portfolio properties. I hate to say it, you do a pretty good job. Why do you not have the exact same problems that many of us don't because you're aware because you're engaged because you go to your organization you tell them this is the reality i'm just saying we got to have that discussion we need more of that and you need to take a chill pill and calm down
0: you (laughs) need to be like me
1: you're just all on you know why
0: listen my guards to your point they are very good their hearts in the right place they are professional okay and it really bugs me when you hear people or you watch people disrespect them treat them like garbage because they take a split second to, to check a phone message. They didn't smile. I mean, that's bullshit. Okay. These guys are out there trying their hardest every day. It's my job, your job to change the discussion, to get support for these guys so that they can be treated like the professionals they are. And I'll end it with that.
1: I had nothing other to say than I agree a thousand percent. The guards are <laughs> not the problem. They're just really good, hardworking men and women that are trying to do their best uh, in, under a difficult situation. Yeah, and we owe it to you them. You know, and, and we we owe it to
0: them. I so I'm let's
1: end it, and uh, we'll see everybody. All listening. I can say is I'm glad we do. This is the 15th of December. We're a few days from Christmas. The 15th of December, so our next one will be the last one January with 1st. Uh, January 1st with uh, Deputy Chief First. Fernandez. Yeah. That should yeah. be a good one. Yeah. Hey, that gives you ample time to sort of calm down and chill.
0: we'll uh wish everyone happy holidays because we're not going to see you after this episode and we'll talk to you in the new year have a good one everyone bye-bye thank you